Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. Thank you so very much, Lord, for allowing us to praise and to worship you. And thank you for your Holy Spirit, your wonderful presence, Lord, being here with us. But I want to pray for each family, each person who come and gave their tithing and offering to you as an act of worship. I want to pray blessed upon them and their families, Lord. I want to pray for each person here today, Lord, they'll completely, Lord, die to their will, die to themselves, and open up, Lord, their spiritual ears and eyes. They can see and hear and understand, Lord, your word. I pray for myself, Lord, that I completely die to my will. And I, and I pray, Lord, for an unlimited portion of your anointing power just to flow through me, to allow the word to flow here this morning, Lord. If there's someone here needs to be born again or healed or set for or delivered from anything, Lord, let them accept you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, next year in the pew, we're going to have the scriptures as well as on the screen. Um, this is going to be the second part. It's probably going to take at least four, five, maybe even six weeks of teaching this. About seven or eight years ago, I taught some on this teaching. This is way before we actually put it on YouTube and stuff. Uh, but as I'm going back through this again, because I had a lot of people ask you questions about this, I'm finding you know, more deeper detail than I preached seven or eight years ago on this very subject. Now, why am I doing this? Most Christians cannot defend or debate or stand on their foundation of, as a Christian. I have watched more people who go to church, believe in Jesus Christ, they go there their whole lives, they hear stories, and especially young people, they go off to college, or they go off to a job somewhere. Next thing you know, they're being debated by an atheist, by a professor, by somebody in the world system, and the Christian sitting here having no clue how to answer back, having no understanding except, well, that's what I was told. That's what I was told. And then you got professors and you got people like in the world who's bringing out facts that we don't even know about. And that's the problem. Okay, you need to understand as a Christian, you need to know a whole lot more than saying a joke in a three-point sermon and just saying, I believe in Jesus. That's not salvation. And you better understand, you need to know who you are in Christ you need to understand where it comes from and be able to stand, hallelujah, on the foundation of what God's word says. Amen? That's why it's so important that we get into this because most folks don't understand this. Now, I started last week into this, and you can go back and look on the internet with that, um, but it's about the highway of the seed. Most folks never even heard of that, but I promise you it's all through scripture. It's the bloodline. If you don't understand the bloodline, then you will not understand why Christ came and died the way he did and when he did and how he did on purpose for you. Hallelujah. You need to understand that or make sense. Today's part of it is going to be dealing with Cain and Abel, which is the first murder. Now, most people think they know about the story, but I promise you, you don't know it all. I don't know it all. Uh, every time I go back through this, I learn something more and more about this. So, Let's, let's kind of get into this. Last week, if you remember, uh, I said for you to turn to Genesis 3, 1 through 14, and you can go there and, and read that whole passage. That's from last week. I was teaching about that. Uh, now, and if you remember last week, I showed you how that the uh, Eve listened to the devil instead of listening to God, and God told them what trees to eat of, and they did not listen, or she did not listen, and she gave it to her husband to eat. And because of that, uh, they fell. 
And then they try to do what? They try to cover up their own nakedness, their own shame themselves with fig leaves, and that will not work. It's important that you grab a hold of from last week. You cannot be good enough, you can't work enough, you can't be religious enough to please God. If you're always trying to work to please God, you're not going to make it. I can guarantee you that. There's not enough work you can do out here, good works. Give away all your fortune and have everybody in the world. That's not salvation and that will not get you to heaven. So now... We're going to start back here on the foundation verse. This is where the highway of the seed starts. Remember when the serpent, going back to the devil, tricked Eve and Adam also ate of the, of the same fruit, God comes and he curses the serpent. As I said to you last week, the serpent was not a snake. All these little stories for little kids and stuff, little snakes, that's not what it says at all. The snake is only after the curse, not before the curse. Before the curse, it was a serpent, but we don't know what it looked like, but we know for a fact that it was not slithering on his stomach like it was after the curse here. Because if you go back and read this, you're going to see to where God speaks to the serpent, gives the... Then he speaks to Adam and Eve and does the exact same thing. So now let's take it back up here in Genesis 3.15. It says, I will put enmity, which means separation, hostility, making you an enemy, in other words, between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's where we start off last week. That is the actual, the beginning place of the highway of the seed. It's important to understand this because Satan, remember, after this was spoken, he has tried everything in his power and you're going to see all through scripture to stop the spiritual seed from being born into the earth. If Christ, the spiritual seed, could not take on human flesh and be born into the earth and die as a lamb of God the way he did, then you and I have no chance whatsoever. So he starts from the very beginning, and you're going to see this with Cain and Abel, from the very beginning, trying to stop the spiritual seed from being born. That's the whole point of it. Why? Because Satan came here. It's important that you get a hold of this. He's got everything right now illegally. Now, it was handed over to him by Adam. But Christ had to come here and take on what? Flesh to do what? To save flesh. He had to become human on the outer court so he could die for us human beings, because all of us are cursed going back to Adam. Does that make any sense? Now, this is important that you get a hold of what, what's actually happened here. So remember what God did to Adam and Eve from last week. Because the thick leaves don't work and your good works don't work, what did he do? He and he killed the animals, and the Bible says that he took the bloody coats of skins and made clothes for them and covered up their sins. Okay? Why did he do that? They had to have a righteous garment upon them to be able to enter into God's presence now. Before that, before the fall, they was walking in the cool of the day with God. They could do anything they wanted to with God and talk with God, but once they disobeyed and sin came into the picture, God Almighty cannot be in the presence of sin without a blood sacrifice. It's important to understand that. That's why God himself covered up their nakedness 
He did not take it away yet. He just covered it up. This is important that you see this about the blood. That's why God did this last week. So, how is that important? If you go back and look at Genesis 3.21, you'll see what God said here. Unto Adam also unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and he clothed them, the Bible says. Basically what he's doing is, is putting on a righteous holy garment upon them so they could stand before him without physically dying. We know they've already spiritually died. He told them if you eat of this tree and the day you eat of it, you will surely die. We know they did not die immediately physically. They lived hundreds of years. They died a spiritual death. Okay, that's important. You understand this. So for them to stand in God's presence, it took a blood sacrifice. God was teaching them this from the very beginning. That's as important as you understand what's going on here. Now put up, if you don't mind, Ms. Joyce, the eight covenants and the dispensations of time. I learned this years and years and years ago. And you, if you have a good study Bible, it shows you this. All the way from Genesis all the way through, you're going to see eight covenants and seven dispensations of time running through Scripture. And, and as we go through these teachings, I will try to point out to you where and how this fits in and where it starts and stops. So remember last week I showed you the very first covenant was the Edenic covenant and they were in a dispensation of time of being innocent. And then the Bible says once they added the wrong tree, they fell. And then it goes, I'm going to show you into the scripture, it goes to the Edenic covenant and then something changes inside them and now they have a conscience because they ate of the wrong tree. So go over, and, you, and, and I hope you keep this in mind. Now, but, but before I go on with this right here, how many here knows what covenant we're in right now as a Christian? How many knows as you go through this, I'm going to show it to you over the next three or four or five weeks, right now if you're, as a Christian, you're not in the Noahic covenant. You're not in a, the Mosaic covenant. You're not in the Abrahamic covenant. You're not in any of those things anymore. Why? What covenant are you in right now? You're in the very last one called the New Covenant. And what dispensation of time are you in right now? You're under something called grace that started at the cross. Now, the next one, I've taught this over and over in this church, for us to be looking for is when grace ends, is when God takes the church. He takes the body of Christ made up of Gentiles and Jews, one new man under the new covenant, the blood covenant, and he takes us up out of here is when that dispensation of time is going to change over from grace over to kingdom. And in the kingdom, the Bible says, you're going to have a thousand-year millennium that's going to take place right here on this earth. But until that time, church, where is God's kingdom at that most Christians has no clue about? It's up in heaven somewhere, and I get to go up there and float around on clouds one day. No, you don't. That's not biblical. You're only going to get to go to heaven for a short period of time, and God's bringing you right back to this earth, hallelujah, for a thousand years. That's what the Bible says. I don't say that God's word says that. Now, it's important to understand this. Where is that kingdom at right now? Before I move on with this, the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you as a Christian. You are God's temple. And the Bible says it is righteousness in the Holy Ghost, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, and it's within inside you. It's not something over here or over there. It's not meat and drink. 
It is something, it says, in the Holy Ghost, through the Spirit. So if you've been born again, hallelujah, the kingdom of God is inside you right now, and the world does not have that, but you have that. That's what makes you different than the world. We're all under grace, including the heathens out here in the world who's not saved. They're under grace. And they better be glad they are right now. But that's going to change. And when that changes and God closes up that dispensation of time, it's kind of like an hourglass. He said, this is it. I've given my son. I've given away. When it's all said and done, he closes it up. Boom, that's it. That kingdom of God that's inside you will now manifest on the earth. Y'all, is anybody seeing this? That's where I was at last week. So now let's kind of look at it in Scripture. Go to Genesis 3 and look at verses 22 through 24. Let me show you where this starts and ends right here. Watch this. 3.22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he uh, be put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. I taught this last week. Now watch. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden He's no longer innocent anymore. And to till the ground, there's a curse there, from which he was taken. Now, y'all remember, I brought this out to you a couple weeks ago, I think last week, but I'm going to bring it up again, and that just makes you understand this. By the end of this teaching, I will start going over about seven places where Jesus Christ bled. It's important to understand about the blood. But I brought out one to you last week, if you remember, about the first Adam because of the curse in the ground. He's sweated by his brow now. Christ is called what? The last or the second Adam. That, that Jesus Christ, as he's walking toward the cross, they take the very thorns from the ground and make a crown of thorns and they pierce his brow and his brow bleeds while the first one sweats. Are y'all getting a hold of this? Why? To reverse that curse. The curse is still on the land. Hallelujah. It's, it's there. Y'all know that. You know, how many of you ever, ever dug a ditch? You know what I'm talking about? When you start, when you start, can you sweat, right? The point I'm making, though, is that God says through him now we can work in this fallen world system and we can get the blood of Christ's blood versus a sweat. Well, what it means is quit trying to work just for yourself. Do it for the glory of God. That's why I'm always praying for certain ones because of this reason. If you'll put God first, hallelujah, I try to teach a bunch of folks here years and years and years ago, businessmen, this very model, and they didn't listen. Some of them listened for a while, but here's how most businessmen are, okay? I'm going to go in the world system, and I'm going to do dog eat dog, I'm going to work, and I'm going to do all these things, and they sit here and lie still and cheat and do all these things. Well, that's just business. Then come to church on Sunday and praise God, praise God, and give their tithing. And that like that's separate from your business. Really? Show it to me in Scripture. Everything you do is not separate from God. I don't care if you're a teacher, if you're a postman, if you're a businessman, or a car salesman, or if you vacuum floors, or you build roofs. I don't care what you do. Every nail you drive, everything you do should be for the glory of Almighty God. Amen, y'all can hold this. And I try to teach them this model is if you will quit working by the sweat of your brow and take on the blood that he, that he gave you, hallelujah, you can be blessed to be a blessing. God wants to bless your socks off and he'll open up doors for you if you'll allow him to for his spiritual kingdom, hallelujah. Does anybody get a hold of this? But most folks miss that. 
So we always separate the two. We'll stay in the first Adam sweating by his brow and we'll work and work and do and work and work. I'm a Christian. Now let's go to church and hallelujah, Lord. I'm going to praise you, Lord. Now come money. I'm back in the world system again. I'm going to operate by the world system and the world has no idea that you're even a Christian. Ding, ding, ding. Y'all, y'all can hold this, anybody? But hear me, that is not how God operates. If you operate that way, fine. But God's not going to bless you. What you get's on your own. If you'll let God bless you, he will bless you. How many here believes he wants to bless you? I promise you it works. So right here's where it all starts again. It's important to see this. Look at verses 24. So he drove the, the man uh, and he, he placed at the east of the garden in the, in the Eden cherubims and a flaming sword was turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Why? Because if they would have ate of that tree in the fallen state, they would have stayed in sin forever. And that's not what God wants. And right there, this is important that you see this, this is exactly where I left off last week now before we get started into this. This is where the end of the first covenant, which is the Edenic covenant, and the end of the first dispensation of time, which has been them being innocent, and this also right here starts the beginning of the second Edenic covenant and the second dispensation of time called conscience. Now, because they have a conscience and they know good and evil and they know right from wrong, their job now under this new covenant is to abstain from evil. But watch, but you now can only approach God with a blood-soaked sacrifice. Now, this is important. That's why he put garments upon them. They no longer can approach God the same way they did in that very first covenant before the fall. Y'all seeing this? Now watch why I'm showing you this. Now let's pick up from what we left off right there and now let's go to you today. Look at Genesis 4 and you need to know that background story to understand Cain and Abel. Now before I get into this, how many here knows everybody in this room was born into what? Sin nature. Every little baby here. No matter how old you are, you are born into sin nature because of Adam and Eve. Now, who is the very first two human beings into sin nature? Cain and Abel. Okay? Cain and Abel is the very first one after my daddy messed up who's born into sin nature. And if you'll watch the type and shadow of this story and bring it forward to our lives, you're going you're gonna to learn something here. Watch this right here. Go to Genesis uh, 4 and look at verses 1 through 5. This is so powerful. And Adam knew Eve, his wife. Now, I've, I've heard so much debate here, and I'm not going to try to argue whether they're twins or, or I've even heard Satan is the father of Cain. I've heard all kinds of things of this nature. I've heard here because of what it says right here that Adam knew his wife and then had Cain, and then all of a sudden now you have Abel that they were twins. I've heard so many d- different things about that. People can debate all those things. To me, what I'm looking for right here, first of all, for me, is a spiritual part of it, of what I can show you for today. Look at this. Adam and Eve, say so he knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. Now watch. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. It doesn't say that she knew, his, knew him again. It just says, bare his brother Abel. So if you were to read this in context... It sounds like they're twins. 
I can't prove that, and I'm not going to sit here and say they are twins, but in context, if you read what it says, how many here knows what the word new, new means? <laughs> okay, that's what it's going back to. In other words, they're together as husband and wife. Now watch. And again, she bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, and but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now watch. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now watch this. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock of, of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering uh, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and, and his countenance fell. Now, the dumb things I heard growing up from pastors, which was really goofy, and I brought this out last week, is poor old Cain, because he was given the ground to till. He did what he's supposed to do. He gave the first fruits of the ground unto God, and God's mean because he did not accept that. If you know how dumb that really was, because you don't know what you're talking about. Okay? I don't care if you're building cars or, or, or growing trees or, 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 or digging rocks. No matter what you're doing, God requires a blood sacrifice, period. He don't need your fruit. He don't need your trees. He don't need your rocks. He don't need anything that you want to give out of your own hands working. See, this is the problem is we're trying to figure this story out by our natural minds, and we forgot about Adam and Eve. We forgot about the blood-soaked skins. We forgot about you can't even come in God's presence anymore without a blood sacrifice. Does that make any sense? That's important. So why do you think God accepted one Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's? It wasn't because of jealousy like we always think that it is. It's more than that. And let's carry it deeper. I don't make sure you see this. Now, here's, you can, you can just hear me on this right here and look, look at it for yourself. Cain represents, and this should also be in your study Bible, a type of mere man of the earth. His, quote, religion or the way he thought was very destitute of any sense of sin or wrongdoing or a need of atonement. Now, you can read later 2 Peter chapter 2, and you're going to find in 2 Peter chapter 2 this very story coming back out again. It always, 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 always in Scripture always goes back to apostate church and apostate teachers. How many of you have ever heard of apostate church and apostate teachers? How many here knows that everybody who believes in God and everybody who says, yes, Jesus Christ, I love you, is not your brother and sister in Christ? Because you go ahead and ask the world, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. That's not always your brother and sister in Christ. Okay, believing in Jesus like the devil believes in Jesus, demons believe in Jesus, does not make you saved. So you've got to understand what the apostate church is. Now hear me before I go with this right here. This is important. Who plants the wheat and who plants the tares? If you go back in Scripture, Almighty God is the one who plants the wheat. That's the church. Who is the tares? Who's ever had a garden at home? Like flower garden, anything, vegetable garden. And you get it all nice and clean all out there, just like we did recently. Get all the wood chips put out there. And two weeks later, what is, what is creeping up in your garden? All the weeds are starting to grow up with your garden. That's called tares. Who do you think plants those? That would be Satan. That's the devil. So you got one from God and one from the devil. It's so important that you understand what's taking place here. So the apostate church always goes back to this. It always goes back to Cain. 
So understand, most people who's in an apostate church don't want to hear about spiritual truth. All they want to do is have a quick service. Most of them has clocks on a wall. Most of them will threaten a pastor, be done in 20 minutes, or you won't have a job because i got to go to the restaurant and eat. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's called religious folks. Religious folks, most of them, not all, are apostate church. Especially if you start talking to about the Holy Ghost and spiritual things and how powerful God is, and they look at you like you got two heads. Something's missing. Something's missing. If they don't have the Holy Ghost inside them, okay, they're not going to understand what you're talking about. See, I've heard folks tell me things over the years that I didn't quite understand, but I wasn't offended. If the Holy Ghost is inside me, I would say, hmm, let me go check this kind of stuff out and start searching and looking. But a religious person who's at the apostate church immediately will get offended because they already know everything. They're going to do it their way. It's my will instead of God's will. Have you ever seen folks like that? Anybody or just me? And a lot of them gets angry with God. They're hurt, very mad, just like Cain, and they become a vagabond. Now, hear me on this. Abel is different. Abel, it means that which ascends. He is a type of spiritual man. He, now, hear me on this right here. His, his sacrifice, him being murdered, his sacrifice, and his sacrifice before he was murdered, he come to God, he heard what God said, he obeyed God by faith and gave to God what God required. Because of that, the Bible says, he has righteous, holy blood. Never heard that before, Greg. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture, I promise you. I won't say anything that I can't back up, I can promise you that. You need to know what Abel means. So read later, read later Hebrews 9.22 and you're going to find out how important this is. That his sacrifice goes back to the atoning blood that was shed. Okay? Now let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's kind of go deep with this. Y'all, are y'all ready to go deeper into this? Yes, no, maybe? Okay. I'm trying to bring this stuff out to you because, again, if you're like me, you just heard this little baby stories about Cain and Abel and you missed the whole point of what it's all talking about. And I want you to do that. I want you to have some foundation, know who you are in Christ, and honey, know about the blood of Jesus Christ. When you hear about the blood, you know what it's talking about. You immediately go back to Adam and Eve and the, and the skins of coats of covering them. You go back to Cain and Abel, and you'll start able, able to see which one's a Cain and which one's an Abel around you. Okay? Now watch this. Go over to Hebrews 11 and look at verses 4. And get my eyes focused here. Now, what's, what, is, what does it say in Scripture? By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Right? Y'all getting a hold of this. Why? Because God already required that from his mom and daddy. God required a blood sacrifice. Okay? It wasn't like they, did, they just didn't know. Paul Cain just did not know. Yeah, he knew. He knew from the very beginning exactly what God required. It's called being stubborn. I want to do it my way. I don't care what you want, God. I'm going to do it my way. How many of the folks you ever, have you ever met like that? I know I've met a whole bunch of them in church. Trust me, in 25 years of ministry, it's a whole bunch of folks like that in church. Okay? Watch this right here. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness, watch, that he was righteous. 
He was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it uh, being, uh, being dead, yet he speaketh. How many here know blood, blood speaketh? If, take me up here right now. If my blood drains from my body, what's going to happen? I'm going to drop, boom. I'm a spiritual being, but my, but my spiritual being is deep inside me. My physical body cannot even function without the blood. The blood goes back to your emotions, your soul, and your spirit all tied together. Now, here's why it's important. How many of you have been laying in the bed at night, and you fall asleep, and you wake up, and your hand's numb? Okay? Right? It feels dead. How many of you shake, shake that around a little bit? What happens? The blood starts flowing, and your hand comes back, and you got feeling, right? There's life in the blood. And you've got to understand how important this is. Nothing can live unless something dies. You've got to get a hold of this. And now because of the fall, something must die for something to live. And they knew this, Adam and Eve knew this, and he taught it to the kids as well. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. I'll make sure you get a hold of this. So what is this talking about here in Hebrews uh, chapter 11? Cain brought a sacrifice of his fruit of his own works, his own labor, and God would not accept it. And he will not accept your own works as well either. Most folks try their best to work to get God's approval, and here's how dumb it is. How many of you saw these dumb movies out here on TV to where you die and you go to heaven and you stand before Almighty God and he plays a movie back of your life? And you better hope the good on that movie outweighs the bad. Because if it does, you get to stay in heaven. If, if, it's, more, if it's more bad, then I'm sorry, Greg, you got to go to hell because you're, you've been a bad, bad boy on the earth. Have you ever seen that kind of stuff on TV? None of that's biblical. That's, that's, a, that's a cane mentality. Your own works, your own way, your own will. God's like, uh-uh. Here's how it works. Now watch. How many here knows there is works attached, attached to faith? Okay? The faith is different than the works of Cain. The works attached to faith is spiritual works. You obey. You do what God says. You're obedient. Well, if God's will be done in your life, not your will be done. Are y'all going to hold this? It's important to understand that when I die and I stand before Almighty God one day, oh, you get raptured up out of here, we're going to the judgment seat of Christ. The only one's going to be there is nobody in the world system at all. No apostate church will be there either. Only the true born-again believers, the bride of Christ, the true church will be at that, that judgment seat of Christ. And he will look at you and all the physical religious works around you, the Bible says, his holy fire comes upon you and all that garbage is burned up. And the only thing's left is you and God and your spiritual works of righteousness done in the Holy Ghost that God asked you to do and you was obedient in doing them. So all this stuff that we do in the world, it's fine if they want to have a little, little old lady across the street. It's fine to go feed the hungry. It's fine to go have clothes banks. It's fine to have jail prison ministries. All that's fine. Okay? But I promise you this, you're not scoring brownie points with God just by doing good works. There's atheists out here who does good works. There's religious folks out here who does good works. Trying to get brownie points, you will not, it will all be burned up. 
What God is looking for is the able. What God is looking for is the righteous. What God is looking for is the spiritual part, not the physical. Let me get a hold of this. You've got to get a hold of what, of what God's trying to say here. Just like his mom and daddy tried to do it with fig leaves, it don't work. God had to cover their nakedness up. You can't do it yourself. Abel had faith. And the flock that he brought, the first of the flock, first link to the flock, is a type and shadow of what? Christ. It's a type of Christ. How many here knows he's what of God? The Lamb of God. He died for us. This is why you've got to understand how this is tied back together. Look it up for yourself. In other words, bottom line is, Cain gave a bloodless sacrifice. And if you give a bloodless sacrifice or praise to God, he's not going to receive it. That's why all the people who's up here singing and stuff, how many of you have been to church and you see somebody who can sing real good, and I've been to meet him in the past, but there's nothing behind what they're doing. Have you ever seen a preacher get up and preach? He can speak so eloquent and give you a joke in a three-point sermon, and his words are so perfect and it sounds so good, and it keeps a good monotone. He might can't even say certain words from the Bible, but you're out here doing this right here, falling off asleep. God, you know, why? Because there's no Holy Ghost there. There's no spiritual things there. You gotta get a hold of that. It's not about how good you are. I know preachers get behind mirrors and practice their sermon speaking to themselves. You know how dumb that is? It's not about you. It's not how good you look. It's not how you speak. It's about the Holy Ghost coming through you, taking his word and bringing it alive. That's the able, or you can be a Cain and be a part of the apostate church. Is anybody seeing this? So don't bring God a bloodless sacrifice. In other words, you're not going to go to heaven by your own good works. Is anybody seeing this? Now God tried his best, even though good old Cain was upset. Now here's what's going to get deep. Are you ready to go deep into this? Even though Cain was upset with God, for him not accepting his sacrifice, God tried to tell him what he needed to do. Go to Genesis 4. And look at verses 6 and 7. I'm here to know God, God, God does care. And God's trying to make a way and trying to show Cain what he's supposed to already know because he's taught them this and you can see it from his mom and daddy as well. So look at Genesis 4 and look at verses 6 and 7. Look at what God says to him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? In other words, why are you upset for? Why are you mad? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well. I don't know that word and look it up. Thou shalt be accepted. And if thou doest not well, now watch, sin lieth at the door. Underline that word. Sin lieth at the door. This is important that you get a hold of this. And unto thee shall be his desire, a sin, and thou shalt rule over thee. So what's he saying in a nutshell? If you will do what I ask you to do and bring me a blood sacrifice like I've already showed you, I will accept your offering. You know what you're supposed to I'm just paraphrasing here. You, you're, you know what you're supposed to do. Sin is lying at the door ready to overtake you. The sin came because of your mom and your daddy. 
Okay? That's why they're having to wear blood-soaked garments to even be in my presence. You know what I require now because of sin lies at the door and ready to overtake you. But Cain, then you'll do well and you'll be in my presence. So you see somebody saying this. That's paraphrasing it. And that's exactly what I was talking about in context. Now, why is this important and what does it mean? Okay? You must, 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 must have a blood sacrifice. So, did Cain listen to God? No. He did exactly what his mama did. His mama did not listen to what God said. She listened to the devil and gave in to him and ate of her own tree and then gave it to her husband. Cain did the exact same thing. Cain did not listen to what God said. Even though he's given him an opportunity. And what does he do? He goes in and commits the very first murder. Look at Genesis 4 and go to verses 8 through 10. Now watch this. And keep in mind, before I go into this next part, what I showed you a while ago, I'm going to go deeper into it in just a minute, about sin, life at the door. I'm going to show you more about that in just one minute. Watch this. Look at verses 8 through 10. <clears throat> and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and he slew him, which means he murdered him. And the Lord said unto Cain, like God didn't already know, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? If you're a spiritual brother in Christ, yes you are. Yes you are. Matter of fact, it's so deep the meaning here is this right here. If you're here today and you've been born again, my responsibility is to my brother and sister in Christ because we're all tied together with the blood of Jesus Christ, have the same Holy Ghost inside of us, and I'm supposed to love you with a, a, a brotherly spiritual love that I cannot love the world with. The world I love with a God they love because I want them to know the same God that I know, but they're not my brothers and sisters in Christ. You are. But, hear me on this, I'll help them, I'll do what I can to, to, to do anything I can to lift them up to show them Jesus Christ. But you come first. If you ever, ever, church, put the world before each other, you're doing it backwards. If a brother or sister in Christ is in need, you should be able to come to anybody in here and we'll help you with your physical needs, your financial needs, loving, praying, anything you need, sickness, disease. We're going to help you because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's what the Bible says. You will come before the world system. That's what the Bible says. That's what it's talking about here. So he asked the question, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. That's why it's important to understand how mixed up this guy was here. So yes, he is. Y'all seen this, anybody? No. Let's see. Go over to verses 9 again. Watch this right here. And the Lord said unto Cain, uh, where is our brother? And he said, I know not, because my, my, my brother's keeper. Watch this in verses 10. And he said, what hast thou done? The voice. How many of you know that blood speaketh? Blood speaks. A spiritual talk. Watch. The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Now this is important that you get a hold of what I'm fixing to show you here. How many here knows that Abel's blood is righteous? Righteous. It goes right back to Genesis 3.15. 
As I told you earlier, Satan is always trying to stop the spiritual seed from being born. So why do you think that the devil goes to Cain, goes into his ear, why do you think Cain killed Abel for? Because he did not accept my fruit. No, that's not it at all. It's called murder. Satan used Cain to kill the very first prophet. How many here knows Abel was a prophet? Well, I don't heard that before. I'll show it to you in the scripture, I promise you. He's the very first prophet. And you're going to find out to where from the very beginning, because he's righteous and holy through that blood, that Satan is trying to stop the spiritual seed from being born because of Genesis 3.15, God speaks that prophecy into being and Satan does not know how it's going to happen. So you're going to find all through Scripture Satan trying to stop Christ from being born on the earth. And he don't know which one it is. Are y'all saying this to anybody? That's why it's so important. So murder is the very first murder. Now let's carry it deeper. Look at Matthew 23. Look what it says. Now this is when God's speaking to Israel here. Wherefore, not actually Israel, but to the scribes and Pharisees, the actually religious folks who's part of Cain. Watch this. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, and he says that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous who? Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of, 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 of Barsius, whom you shall whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Now more on that later as we get inside going into this covenant of the teachings. I want to show you about that. Because, guys, you're going to find to where from Adam and Eve all the way through, and I'm not even rich, I haven't got to the port of Seth yet. We're going to get into Seth hopefully next week or the week after, and you're going to see the spiritual seed replaced, and you're going to see it going all the way through. And who's ever wanted to know why we had a flood? Why did God flood the earth with water? I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you why he saved Noah. It wasn't because Noah was a wonderful guy. There's a whole lot more to it than that. I want you to see these things of what I'm showing you here and as a Christian, you need to understand it and, and know who you are in Christ because if you don't, the world I hear knows a lot of religion and atheists knows a whole lot of things that we think we know. Like for example, I'm always bringing out about uh, no such thing as Easter. They know that. They, they, they actually know that we're foolish for even believing that kind of stuff. But most Christians are like, well, I've always heard that. Well, you've always heard wrong. Just like you've always heard wrong about Cain and Abel. I'm just trying to get you to see these things biblically. Amen? Look at, look at Jude 10 and 11. Watch this right here. This always goes back to the apostate church and teachers. Watch. This is going back to Cain. Watch. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. Who's ever been in a church and you have some religious folks in there who think they know everything and they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know anything? You may have met that. Because that's called natural religion. Watch this right here. It says, but what they know naturally, this is Cain, as brute beasts in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. More on that later. For reward and perish in the gang saying of Kor. More on that later as well. So how many here knows there is a way of Cain? 
And when you look it up, the way of Cain always goes back to the religious apostate teachers, religious apostate church. It goes back to your natural man. And it's real simple, guys. An apostate teacher can always get around. A lot of your fake teachers out here now doing the same thing out here. Can get around the actual blood atonement of Jesus Christ. Let me show what an apostate teacher is, guys. If you have, for example, there's the Baptist group out here right now. And I know about this because I grew up in Baptist. Uh, there's church because they tried to get me to do this years ago and I wouldn't do it. They take and build churches now and they'll put names on them minus the Baptists to get more folks to come to the church. Have y'all seen churches like that? Anybody? Yes, no, maybe? There's one big guy here by the name of Stephen Furtick. Have you ever heard, heard, heard of that guy? Okay, He's part of the Baptist. But you don't know it. He gives all, both his, his money to the Baptist Association, but they take the Baptist off of it. And you take skinny jeans and high-top tennis shoes and muscle shirts, and you get up here and you teach a bunch of goofiness behind the pulpit that it's not biblical, and here's how you do it. This is, this is an apostate teacher. You take God's Word out of context. You read a story, and when you do, you put yourself in the story. I even heard his wife, goofiness, heard his wife talking about Jesus and how they roll the stone away and the ladies who come to the tomb to prepare his body, she says, well, at least us ladies can have time together to bond with one another. And they're using that out of context for ladies to have a women's group to bond. You know how dumb that is? You're not learning anything. That's called apostate teaching. When you take God's word out of context and make it, quote, your own and put yourself into that context and it's not you're talking about that and now you're just polluting God's word, that's very dangerous. And then when you're confronted with the truth of God's word of the Holy Ghost, you don't even recognize it. Don't even recognize it. That's what happens out here all the time. And people are running and flocking to these kind of churches because I feel good and I'm out in 20 minutes and I had a rock concert and I can, I can wear muscle shirts and a laser light show. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I talked about Jesus and how he loves me. He loves, loves, loves. I can do anything. He, he still loves me. Okay, all that's great. But put it in context and he'll teach you how you're supposed to live. See, the problem is most Christians are not made what? Disciples. The Bible never says to go make recruits into a church but make disciples. A pastor's job is to teach you these things so you're not tossed back to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You're supposed to know God's word. And when you leave here, hallelujah, you're supposed to own your own. Challenge what I say. You're supposed to go back and read it for yourself and do your own study and let the Holy Ghost teach you. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. Are y'all getting a hold of anybody? You can have the way of Cain or you can have the way of Abel. Now let's kind of go deeper. We're almost close, almost done here, but I want to make sure I bring up something here because I was getting ready to close this out and God said, no, you're not, you're not quite done yet. Okay, because of us teaching Hebrew here all the time about Israel and about the tent doors kind of thing, I want you to understand how important this really is, how God used Cain and Abel's story 
from his mom and daddy of the blood coat skins all the way through Cain and Abel's story and you'll see him puts that right into Moses and brings it out in the law. Okay, this is important to see. Go over to um, John chapter 3. Okay, and as you're turning there, I'm going to show you here exactly what's going on. Now hear me very carefully on this. Because God required a sin offering, the Hebrew word, you look it up, the Hebrew word for sin is the exact same word as sin offering. Look it up. Sin offering and sin. Now what does that mean? It's very important. As God told Cain in verses 6 and 7, if you'll do what is right, everything's going to be fine. But if you don't, he says, sin lieth at the door. This goes back to the Hebrew, goes right back to the law. Sin lieth at the door. But how many also knows that in a sin offering crouches at the tent door? If you go back, and we teach it all the time, every time we go through our feast days, we teach it. Remember, we, you have the tent. And remember, there's, there's sin. We know that. They have to give an offering. Okay? Even though sin is there waiting to get you, Cain, here's, here's a way out. Here's a sin offering if you'll do what I've asked you to do. All God required then was for him to give a blood sacrifice. I mean, he understands that. If he would have done that, sin would have to back away and, and Cain would have conquered sin. Okay? It's like his mom and daddy has sin. Now, why is this important? How does this affect you? Well, let's look at it in Scripture. I'm going to show you the exact same comparison of sin life at the door and also the sin offering lies at the door to balance it or to take it away. Watch this right here. Look at John 3. Look at verses 14. Go back to Moses. And as Moses lifted up the serpent, another word serpent, it's important, serpent, why? It goes back to the garden. I'm going to show it to you. In the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What's it talking about? How many here knows where sin came from? Sin goes all the way back to the devil. He's the author. He's the one who created murder. He's the Bible makes it real clear. He's the father of it. Now watch. Just as sin here is talking about must be lifted up on a pole. What's it talking about? In the Old Testament, when they was going through the wilderness, they had to take the serpent and put it upon a pole. Now why is this happening? Christ, <laughs> you're going to find out in just a minute, he has to be lifted up to take all the sin because he becomes a sin offering unto himself to make a way for you to go the way of Abel and not the way of Cain. That too deep, are y'all getting that? In other words, one way is Cain, okay, that's sin. The other way is a sin offering which is Abel. What did Abel give? The right sin offering. Y'all get a hold of this? A blood sacrifice. He even died for it. And I'm going to show you how, you how you did too. Y'all ready to hear this? Anybody? It's important because all this is tied back together. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Are y'all saying there's a whole lot more to this story? Seriously. That's why I'm trying to go slow with this. And all I'm trying to get you to see is if you're a Christian today, and if you want to know why he died for your sins, okay, you can't say, well, I get to go to heaven because he died for me. Why? 
Why did he die for you? What does it mean? What did he shed his blood for? Most Christians have no idea. I'm trying to show it to you. He couldn't fall off, fall off, off a cliff and drown. Why? What treated, they ate of what? A bush? No, they ate of a what? Tree. You have a tree of life and you have the tree of good and evil. They ate of the wrong tree. So Christ had to come here, take on flesh, become the Lamb of God, and he had to die on a tree to become the curse as the sin offering because sin lies at the door, just like with Cain. So do what is right, Cain. I have a way for you to get out of this. Church, you have a way, but you keep in the way of Cain. It's not your free will. You keep doing what you want. All religions and all roads don't lead to heaven. Sorry, God's made a way. It's like he did here, a way, one way, and his name is, is Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach, period. He's the sacrifice. Watch. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and look at verses 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We were made what? Righteousness. What was Abel made? Righteousness. Are y'all getting a hold of this, anybody? I want you to see this. This is why these scriptures start making more sense to you now. Last verse. Go to Romans 5. Romans 5. Remember, for you as well, God requires a blood sacrifice. So if you do not accept God's blood sacrifice, then it was blood-soaked coats, skins for Adam and Eve. For the sons and the kids after that, it was a blood sacrifice they had to give to God. Cain refused to do it, but Abel did it. He lost his life for it. So did you. Look at this. Romans 5. And look at verses 19. We'll just pick up here. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many uh, be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin aboundeth, grace did much more abound. That as sin have reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. You, just like Cain and Abel, were born into sin nature. They're the very first ones born into sin nature. You're born into sin nature. Which one will you choose? The way of Cain or the way of Abel? You say, well, I don't want to die. How many of you have been born again? Okay, listen, are you saved? Have you been born again? Then you died. What do you think happens, guys? When you accept the sacrifice at, at the door of the tent, at the door is sin, and also at the door is a sin offering. If I accept that offering, which is Jesus Christ, hallelujah, then what happens? I, I am baptized into Christ. I spiritually die in him, and I'm raised back up because I put on a holy garment, and I'm called, just like Abel was, I am called righteous. I am called holy. I am called sanctified. I am called justified because I have the holy garment put upon me just like Abel. If I don't want to go that way, I have to go the way of Cain and I will not do God's will and I'll bust hell wide open. It's just that simple. You're not going to heaven by being religious. 
How many here knows there was not one religious good person in heaven? Now, Greg, you did not know my mama. Okay, you might have a great mama, but your mama can only be in heaven if she's born again. Daddy, Mother Teresa, name anybody. I don't care what kind of good works you do. You only are justified, sanctified, and holy not because what you do or how sweet you are or how quiet and nice your voice is and I help everybody around me. I fix food. Okay, great. But are you born again? Have you spiritually died in Christ and been raised back up? If you have, then you have that garment upon you. You're just like Abel and you start dying physically as well because your body does not go to heaven. How many, know, how many understands that? My spirit man has been changed. <laughs> I took that sin offering through Christ. Hear me, I've been born again. My physical body will be changed to a new resurrected body. Hallelujah. Y'all seen this, anybody? That's why this is so important that we get a hold of the bloodline. And Satan wants to stomp it out. He don't want you to know anything about no bloodline. Now, I'm going to stop right here for today. I know I'm getting long-winded, but hear me. I promise you from here, it's going to go into Seth, all the way through Noah and all the way through to Jesus Christ. And you need to know that and understand that. Now, if you don't quite understand everything I've said today, go back and watch it again. It's on YouTube. Look at it again. Send it to somebody. Look at the scriptures yourself. But here's, here's, here's his closing. It's very, very simple. <laughs> Adam and Eve fell. God gave them a blood coat, coats of skins to, to, to make a way for them to be in his presence. You have Cain, you have Abel, firstborn of sin nature. One chose the right way, one didn't. The one who didn't got in pleading with him, doing what's right. He still wouldn't listen. That's why I'm doing throughout Scripture, it's called the way of Cain. It's the wrong way. Okay? So you're not going to God, you're on way. Now, Greg, all roads lead to heaven. That's what Satan wants you to believe. That's not what God says. Okay? All roads do not lead to heaven. Only one. People say to me, well, how do, you think how do you think that your way is right? Because God says so. It's real simple. I don't have to argue with you. I ain't got to fight with you. you either, believe, either you believe God's word or you don't. It says that. You don't have to argue with nobody. You either believe this is right or it's wrong. It's real simple. God is real. <laughs> God is true. Hallelujah. And I believe what his word says. Amen. So if you've been born again, you know it. If you're here today, you know if you've been born again, don't you? You know it's that you got peace and joy. That's to the Holy Spirit. Now, can we all stand to our feet? If, if you're not born again, I think you also know that as well. So, can I save you? No. Walking down an aisle can't save you. No such thing as a Romans Road prayer. That don't save you. Y'all getting a hold of this? No such thing as a sinner's prayer. That's not biblical. So how do you get saved? Word of God's been preached, the Bible says. And as the Word of God's preached, the Holy Spirit is here. Hallelujah. So if you're here today and you are not born again, I cannot save you. I can't do it. There's no magical formula for that. So how do you get saved? Do you feel convicted? Do you feel the Holy Spirit inside you saying, you need this Jesus. Something stirred. Like for me, I was nine years old. I hated going to church. Couldn't sit still. That one Sunday when that preacher was preaching, man, the Holy Ghost hit me and I was just glued into what he was saying. Now, I don't know exactly all that he said, but I know I needed what he was talking about. 
That's the Holy Ghost. It will draw you to that door. The door. And at the door you have sin and you have a sin offering. You must choose. And if I choose a sin offering, which is Jesus Christ, I get to go through that door. And I get to have Christ and righteousness as our brand new life. If I refuse it like Cain did, I'm going to stay in the world system. So wash your knees today. You can come pray for a loved one if you want to. And the reason you come to the front, you don't have to, if the Holy Ghost tells you to, it's just an act of faith. That's all that is. Move by faith. He might tell you to go hug somebody. He might tell you to go kneel where you are. He might say, raise your hands. I don't know. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. That's part of your works that you get rewards for, being obedient. If you're here today and you need to be born again, this is your opportunity. Because you walk out that door, here's what's going to happen to you. I promise you this. When you leave that door, the Bible Satan is a seed eater. And he'll try his best when you leave that door to go eat and go play here in a minute to erase and pull away all the spiritual seeds that you've heard today. If you let him, you'll walk away from here knowing that God said do something, you didn't do it. And he'll pull away that word, that seed. That's what he does. It's up to you. Don't let him. Don't let him win, amen. So what's your need today? Need to be healed, set free, delivered. I can't do it, but I know who already has. He has ways of doing his thing. I've seen people healed immediately, and I've seen people healed over time. I've seen folks never physically healed on, on purpose. I have no idea why. I'm not God. I, I can only be obedient to what God says do. I know that what the Bible says, if you'll trust Him, have faith in Him, you'll start seeing more things happen in your life. Amen? So what's, so, so what's your need today? your need. Nothing too big for God. Okay. I'm going to stop right here. The altar stays open. Y'all can still, y'all can still come pray all you want. Um, I hope you got something out of this today. I hope you... Uh, are getting an understanding of God's word of how deep it really is, uh, and we're going. And I promise you, it's going to get deeper and deeper as we go through this. My prayer for you is, time we get done with all this teaching, that you'll have a foundation that you can know, you understand, and you can stand firmly on it. Amen. Amen. Uh, please take these messages, send them to friends, families, whatever. They might not agree with them, but just do what God asks you to do. It's okay. Um, Gary, you mind closing in prayer and go ahead and bless our food as well. When y'all get done, y'all please stay and eat and fellowship with each other. Amen.